Hey, Tom. Hey, what's going on, Dana? <laughs> oh, not much. You know, doing our first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have a name for this podcast? Two guys talking toys, right? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> two those guys two talk- guys would be you and I. Yep. Tom and Dana, I guess we should share the uh, our socials. So the Twitter for this is the number two guys talking toys. No G after talking. Talking. We're talking toys. I like it. Same thing for uh, our Gmail. If anyone wanted to contact us via Gmail, uh, there is a YouTube channel in the works. Same thing. I wanted to streamline this so that we have all three. Got it. Uh, So what's new, man? Did you get any uh, cool toys this week? Uh, you know what? I actually managed to find. You were looking for the uh, the the Python Patrol Outback, right? Yes. Oh, no, I, Tiger Force. Tiger Force. I'm, I'm sorry, Tiger you just Force. Just traded Outback to the Cobras, man. <laughs> give me that story. Give, <laughs> give give me an episode where Cobra Commander in in full in full reptile getup is after after he turns the planes into Python Patrol, then turns Outback. Right. But that's the ultimate survivor because he's a survivor guy. So they just drop him in the middle of Cobra Island and they say, how how are you going to survive this? And he's like, simple. I just become a Cobra. <laughs> he's the, Speaking of the, Python Patrol, though, I did get the Python Patrol bats figure, which is cool. But here's the thing that's always bothered me about the bats, even, even the vintage figures. Like, why does uh, a synthetic life form like the bats roll up their sleeves have you ever noticed the sleeves are rolled up and buttoned this this sounds like something that dr mindbender put in there just just like his his own weird tendencies his own weird preferences it's like they need sleeves i just no just don't question me well question me on this the way Mindbender dresses, they he should not be allowed to pick out any anybody's <laughs> ensemble. Maybe maybe Rob Halford's his <laughs> priest thing going on. But... So did you find uh Tiger Force Outback? Uh, I did. So next, oh, next awesome. time next time we meet up, I'll I'll have him uh, in the back of the truck. See, you are a good friend. I got <laughs> my um Duke and uh Ram motorcycle from Target today, actually. Oh, from, from like from like the actual brick and mortar? No, no, from from being shipped. Target oh actually they... didn't cancel my order and oh my sent God, me what I wanted. Be... That's amazing. Yes. Are, are we recording this? I yes, for posterity. <laughs> Target actually came through. That, on a G.I. Joe figure. It was amazing. But here's the thing, like it's cool. Like Duke looks cool. The the Tiger Force getup's cool. But like Duke's a pretty straight laced dude, right? So yeah. you know, in the movie, he and Falcon had all those problems because Duke is so straight laced and, mm-hmm. and Falcon's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't come with a helmet. Like if all people, like Breaker, came with a helmet to ride the rapid fire motorcycle, of all yeah. people, Duke, Duke would wear a helmet while is, riding his motorcycle. Is that because it was the eighties? And you were like, I'm grown. I don't need. I don't need a helmet. Maybe. He he did treat Falcon like a child, so he did. <laughs> It's like you you're gonna need this a lot more than I do. My right. brain's gonna stay right where it is. Plus, you know, uh Falcon outranks Duke. <laughs> Falcon That's... is a lieutenant. Duke if I remember his file card correctly, Duke was only an E7. So wow. I don't know, like that... Gung Ho, Gung Ho was also an E7, but he and he might have been an E8. Oh, see, so you would you would remember this better than I do. 
the episode when Sergeant Slaughter shows up, were they arguing over rank in that episode? Because I, I I vaguely recall there being an episode where Beachhead's like, I'm in charge, and someone else was was like, no, no, they have to do what I say. Was Am I thinking of the right I, episode? I, I, I don't was... know that it ever came up, but it should have. If yeah, the... not, then it should have. I remember there being some argument over like who was in charge and who had rank. And it was a mm. kind of a weird thing with Beachhead. And I, yeah, I, I didn't watch it that much as because right, a... Beachhead was the uh, the trainer guy mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, uh, you know, before you know, we knew about Sergeant Slaughter's little playhouse. But yeah, anyway, those are. Uh... That's what I got new. And of course, Bazooka, we both picked up Bazooka, who's who's pretty buff. Yes, thank you for thank you for getting a hold of him. He is awesome looking. And it's funny because I like as, as a kid, I didn't collect a lot of them, but seeing them in the current line, worth it. Like I didn't know I didn't know Bazooka I, as a as a kid. Um, oh, I did, yeah. I he did. had the cool, yeah, he had the cool hockey jersey, and that's mm-hmm. what made him cool. But you know, in the in the uh you know they they always put GI Joe as the elite, like they they're the best of the best in yeah. all the armed forces around the world. But then they portrayed Bazooka to have like like a sixty IQ. Like he's, <laughs> I guess great. he was just a really good shot with the bazooka. Maybe <laughs> that that would have been like his one his one weird skill. Where like he he flunked reading comprehension. Uh, he's right. not very good at following orders. Uh, he has the he he does kind of look like Tom Selleck, but also. He managed to nail the bullseye on this target from 500 yards with a bazooka. He can't use an abacus, but he can blow it up really well. <laughs> if you threw the abacus off the side of a ship, he could nail it with a bazooka. Oh, bring him in. What do we call him? Bazooka. I love how we've already like uh, wormholed away from our introduction. <laughs> this is. I'm hoping. This is, loyal loyal listeners that this is part of the charm that tom and i will just rabbit hole away and i'm using loyal listeners in in the same manner that um stan lee used to use true believers (laughs) yeah i mean the the loyal listeners all all three and a half that are going to show up and listen to this episode people that we know yeah we we're we're just recording this like we we, we have it we have family members and uh, uh, people who owe us favors who will absolutely have to listen to this. Yes. The other the other purpose of having this for posterity is that, uh, loyal listener, Tom and I uh, are, are not surrounded by a large social group. And, and this at least uh, is proof to the world that each of us has at least one friend. <laughs> Despite everyone's beliefs to the contrary. At this least is... one. <laughs> Did you open your too bad figure yet? I have not. Um, I haven't I cannot... had a chance to, to mess around with them yet. Have you, have you opened yours? Yes. And 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 loyalist, you, you cannot see this, but Tom can. Um, the left, so the shield is on the his left hand and his right hand. I cannot get any of his weapons in there for fear of. Huh. I, I don't want to force it in there, and I, mm-hmm. and neither of the. Th- three weapons really go in well and then i have flashback to the old gi joes when they used to lose their thumbs oh tried... the thumb snap of doom and then they I couldn't remember even, that they couldn't even punch people they would have to give like that lame captain <laughs> kirk 
Star Trek karate chop, you know? You had, you had your option of either giving him a karate chop or a backhand. Or, or the backhand. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Either way, they had you, they could challenge each other, the duels. And right. I was... Did, did you also, because I remember doing this, I wasn't a big gun enthusiast. So most of the, most toys that I had. So is this a, uh, are we becoming a political <laughs> statement? <laughs> Absolutely. I had, I had most of my Joes in the Senate and then they would pass bills and get everything about government wrong. Cause that's sings, not how it works. It skins <laughs> schoolhouse rock I was, songs. I was like, I need I need a 60 a 60 Joe majority to uh to overrule Cobra's Cobra's mm. demands. Uh but no, I, I would get toys and, and I didn't care about guns and I would just toss them. But what I loved were swords, knives, shields, uh medieval style weapons. So mm. uh going into the supermarket with your mom and all you can do is like wander around with her and look at whatever's on the aisle. Did you grab cocktail swords? Oh, those sandwich swords. No, I never I, bought them in the store. My my parents would go to the diner after bowling mm-hmm. uh, and order sandwiches. Uh and and the swords <laughs> were stuck in the sandwiches. And I would and they were colored like lightsabers, which was nice. So yep. my Jedi meant nothing because everybody <laughs> had a lightsaber. I remember I remember uh I think they only cost maybe I think they were like a dollar, a dollar and a half. Yeah, they weren't, they didn't have good plastic. Some of them were meant for like the bright party. So you get the packs that were, were yellow, yeah, white, stab pink your and olives blue. And put them in with the martinis. Yeah. And then there were the ones uh, that, that you that, that you were referencing where they were clear, which were the ones that I preferred because, yeah, because they look like lightsabers. So I would get a pack and I remember just being over the moon that I had a pack of a hundred swords of varying right. colors and you would pop off the little ball. Yeah, on at the, the at the end of the handle, yeah, and then break off the handle. To, to, yeah, that, those were those were ideal. And I don't remember why I brought this up. I, I don't know either, <laughs> but this is good though because um, our loyal listeners don't know who we are or, or from you know Adam's house cat. So this is a good <laughs> opportunity for us to give them in some insight into uh, why uh, we want to talk about toys. Firstly, and then secondly why they should listen to us blather on about toys with seemingly no idea. We do have a plan though, (laughs) loyal (laughs) listeners. Um, So I I wanted to discuss today with you, Tom, like um, thoughts on, and, and this talk about our introduction into toys is great. Like, like toy collectors seem to me to be of, of two ilks, like, um, you know, there are those that like the vintage stuff that got them mm-hmm. into toys. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like which what vintage stuff got you into toys? And to speak to you about the guns, we we are opposite in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> you are a very technical toy guy. Like you know how the joints are made and because you've done toy design. You've that's who mm-hmm. you are. And and you're an artist. And you design these characters and and design toys, and they're all wonderful. And how they're going to fit together and how they're going to work is how your brain works. Mm-hmm. Mine works with I want to open it as fast as I can and play with it, and I don't care how it was made. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, like that, we both have that childish thing. And and another thing that we're sort of opposite about. I didn't like swords, and I like the guns because we had um, 
free reign of the basement when I was mm-hmm. younger. So my brothers and I, depending on which figures we were using, which started with G.I. Joe and Star Wars because they were of comparable size, mm-hmm. we would build these bases with bridges and old refrigerators. And like, and we made, we changed the whole world in the basement and we would set up battles taking cover. And of mm-hmm. course, your your favorite guys had the best cover spot, the deepest foxhole, <laughs> right? And we would use rubber bands to oh. best kind of get That's behind the figure from their like point of view and try uh-huh. to aim from their point of view to <laughs> shoot the you know the enemy and and then you would literally your guys would get shot and like uh-huh. one of your favorite guys got shot well that was you know and they were out of the battle that was they difficult to, that was difficult to, like why am i even playing anymore falcons <laughs> see, out see, chances are you had you had much better aim than than most of the cobra troopers in the cartoon Right. And the the artillery shells like um, uh, originally like Zap and, you know, later on Bazooka and some of the vehicle shots, we would use those rubber bouncy balls, you know, and you try and lob those over and try and (laughs) blow up the foxhole or whatever. But it was it was a raucous endeavor. So how how did how did the vehicle play Mm. go on with with you guys? Like what was the if you're if you're shooting rubber bands? When, when right. did they decide, okay, we're just going to jump in the snowcat and plow in there? Right. That's where the bouncy ball came in. You, <laughs> you had to shoot the vehicle with something with a little more heft. <clears throat> uh, see, I, I envy you. We, we didn't have a, a basement growing up mm-hmm. in my house. It was just a, just a flat. Yeah, there was, there was nothing. So we, we wound up outside in the backyards. There was a lot of, um, if stuff would get overgrown, if I hadn't cut the grass yet, the, and like weeds were, would get really high. We would, there was a there was a certain kind of plant that grew in our backyard and it was marijuana uh that that would have improved the gameplay (laughs) i think (laughs) i may not have played with toys as much tom's just not interested in toys (laughs) i'm quite sure what he's real relaxed though he doesn't complain about anything but uh there used to be just like this one particular kind it was it was uh it was fairly thick and we used to saw it down and then i would use that to make these little these little hideouts and then you know you you would be playing with uh say uh not the sectors they were they were too big for that i didn't have enough material for that but say, say like battle beasts i would mm. get my battle beasts together and i put them inside these little box uh creations i had made with this plant and then just smash the whole thing because it looked awesome so right. the big battle was this thing collapsing and they were they were of such great scale to overgrown plants and grass that it made for like such a cool as a kid like you're imagining this world as a as a movie so it's it's right. amazing being able to construct outside i built the most amazing ewok village up in this tree mm-hmm. one time uh, and unfortunately it was it was uh i had been enveloped in poison oak Oh, and, uh, fantastic. climbing up into this tree as a kid so, worth it it was it was so worth it but then i wasn't allowed to go up and get my ewoks so uh, i was like throwing rocks to knock them off but uh loyal listeners the one of the points of this show is to speak on the culture of toy collecting and we've got several topics in each episode that we're going to talk about but you know we we are trying our best tom and i to figure out how to make this 
it's sort of interactive. I mean, we're recording without you, but we really want to hear about your comments and some of the questions that we ask each other. And like, so I'm going to ask like Tom, when, when you were young, like what, what was the toy line that really like you were like, okay, toys, toys are my thing. Like what was the toy line that did that for you? Um, You know, the, 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 I think my immediate snapbacks, I grew, I grew up in the, in the eighties. Um, really battle beasts uh they they were they were not the first toy that i ever that's got. not the one most people say battle beasts are sort of no it's it, they're, yeah they're a very kind of specific style of toy that not a whole lot of people uh jump on but i i remember just they were so as a, small they were so small like there was yeah. nothing comparable yeah it was and they were yeah, like they weren't really to scale with anything there wasn't a whole lot of yeah aside from like poly pocket uh there was like the the muscle guys the muscle things yeah they weren't articulated at all they were just i I think that's erasers that you couldn't use yeah i think that's why i i gravitated to them more than more than muscle because i i remember seeing those figures as a as as a kid because i think they came out around the same time Mm -hmm. uh I, i i don't remember offhand which which preceded which but i'll never forget the first set that i ever got and and again like i had toys before that like i loved uh i was I was I was entertained easily. My parents used to get me those those uh, imperial dinosaurs, the 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 huge ones. They'd be weird colors. There was like the Triceratops that was red with the right, with the right. black spray on it. Uh, just all those, and they knew that they got me. Sure, they, just like we saw, they sort of paid homage to those recently in Target over in the, the bargain oh, yeah. area. Oh yeah, that's true. You can always. It seems like certain molds never go away. You can always find. Very specific, the, the wide-eyed, the dead-eyed stare, strange sculpts. <laughs> that one with, with the hands, it was always doing jazz hands. Like, just, I don't know if it was supposed to be like, it had, it wasn't a T-Rex who had too many fingers, but it was like, it was doing yeah. jazz hands. It looked like it was kind of doing yeah. a little shuffle. Yeah, I think everyone everyone that grew up in, in the 80s remembers these specific molds. And if you see them anywhere in the store now, you're immediately taken back to when you were a kid. But but yeah, like those those were, were toys that I was, you know, just happy to get. But I remember being in, oh, it must have been second or third grade. And we were doing um, uh, like a holiday grab bag. Everyone, everyone had to bring in a toy and you put it in the bag and then they would go, the teacher would go around to each kid and you would you'd grab whatever. And every kid would spend as much time as possible fishing around for the biggest thing. Because you knew that back, yeah, when you were little, big equated to great. So right, right, right. I, I I remember it still does in my world. <laughs> I remember getting uh, the Captain Lou Albano, the, his <laughs> the original, LGN, the LGN yeah, one? the original LGN Captain Lou Albano, and I remember getting him, and he was maybe like the last thing in the wrestling world that I wanted. He's a manager. He's fat. <laughs> he's not gonna. I, I can't do anything <laughs> with him. He's just a large hunk of plastic. Uh, and I loved wrestling. Like I, I was huge into it. But I don't need a manager, and I didn't have any other wrestling toys, so there was no one for him to manage. And I remember there was a another kid in class who pulled out a pack of Battle Beasts. It was White Leo and Deerstalker. Uh, I'm sorry, I only remember their Japanese names because I got obsessed with them and I've forgotten what their original names were. But mm-hmm. they they came into two packs. That was cool, and I remember seeing them. And I was like, oh my God, 
Those are so cool. And he looked at what I had. He was like, oh my God, Captain Lou Albano. That's so, and before he could finish, I was like, oh, you did want you do a playground swap? Yeah, I was like, you want to trade? <laughs> it was like, oh my God, yes. So that was quite possibly one of the best trades that I've, to, the, to this day, that I've ever yeah. done. And That's then, good and barter. It, yeah, and it went from there. I, I remember getting home and popping them open and, and you know, it was, it was fun to just pop them out. They had, they each had a weapon, which was cool. Their arms moved which was yeah, fine they were articulated uh, that was great the artwork on the back was actually part of the re part of what got me drawing and i love animal creatures like this like i always yeah you know, every every kid assigns yeah, yeah loyal listeners anything anthropomorphized uh tom will buy it from you I, i'm on board give, give it up uh Th thundercats really kind of walked that line Mm -hmm. but everything but, from shirt tails to uh curious george <laughs> he's, he's in. If, a, if a paw paw bears toy line pops up are you if boss fight studios is listening if mcfarlane decides to do a paw paw bears toy line complete with a a build a totem i'm on nice. board right i would buy them you heard it here uh, <laughs> But these, the and, and finding out that they that there were like I never I had never seen Battle Beast up to that point. Uh, and I, I once I did and started seeing that that was right after that they started popping up in the stores, and they were two packs and there were tons of animals and I tried my best to collect and they were cheap. That yeah. was the other thing they were they were super cheap. The only they were only just a couple of bucks and yeah any kid can scrape that together. I just didn't mm. eat lunch for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> who needs food oh, yeah. have toys <laughs> i think uh you know i was you know born in the uh early 70s and and so you know <clears throat> i had you know you had me go and then star wars made it big mm -hmm. but like they you know and i had them and they excited me but they weren't they weren't the the thing mm -hmm. and then uh it was I, it was really gi joe that really got me into it. And then the superpowers, but mm -hmm. GI Joe was the thing. And because it wasn't star Wars at the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so now you, you prefer the, the smaller ones. I you're, do. You're not yeah. into the, the larger scale GI Joe. That's, you know, the 12 inch ones. And then, mm -hmm. you know, after the, the three and three quarter inch guys went off the market, they tried those extreme, everything in nineties was extreme. And those were horrible. And then they tried like um, they tried uh, a, a series that was like a five inch that mm -hmm. was w weird. It had the same articulation as a three and three quarter inch, but they had mm -hmm. these like weird Nazi guys. I wasn't really into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, G.I. Joe was the one. And because they they were the, the direct competition to, you know, the Star Wars at the time and all that. And, mm -hmm. and they had the great figures. But the thing with it that I loved is that you weren't imitating the movie because mm -hmm. everybody had a character in the movie and that's who they were, you know? So like playing was different for my brothers and I, than most people. It wasn't just pew, 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 you're dead. Like we yeah. had, we had dramas. It was like soap operas <laughs> and we had these long going stories and rivals and, and family members that we made up. And I love the file card. And it's funny that we would get the, the file card and it would tell you where mm -hmm. they were from and like clutch, you know, mm -hmm. his first file card, and they said he used motor oil to slick his hair back. Like, <laughs> so you kind of built the character around there. And he was, I, I, I think he was from the Bronx or Brooklyn or somewhere. So we always tried to to do the accents. And I think uh -huh. it's no coincidence that both my younger brother and I 
got into theater when we were older because mm-hmm. like we had different voices, different characters, like time. And even now when I go into my collection, which is thousands of figures deep, mm-hmm. um, I look now and now in this age, now we've got He-Man, G.I. Joe, <laughs> Batman, like they're all on the same scale for the first time ever. Yeah. Like if that happened when I was a kid, like the the storylines, but you have to explain like how these come together, right? So, yeah, so um, what, coming what up would, with those storylines. What was, what would you, what would you and your brother do if so, like when you were to, to reconcile that difference? Like say you, you had your G.I. Joes, but then you get like Lino shows up and right. toy wise, now, now, granted, yeah. well, we wouldn't have combined those because that's too big of a difference. But we did have, <laughs> we, like, when He Man first came out, he was the mm-hmm. G.I. Joe's because he's the strongest man in the universe. So, yeah. of course, he, he'd have to be huge. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that he was from another planet. So now mm-hmm. He Man and Thundercats, now that would be used together uh-huh. in our world, our basement world, because that was the thing. We had to change our whole basement world dependent upon the size of the, the figure. So, but Thundercats, <laughs> that were just taller than he-man but they were the same bulk i guess yeah say. um but you know they were from another planet so mm-hmm. you know we were always i mean we all grew up thinking about little green men that was yeah. this little homunculus that was just, you know perfectly <laughs> formed little guy right with a big head so mm-hmm. we already knew that people from other planets are other sizes right star wars kind of showed us that a little bit yeah um so yeah so that was an easier sell you know, because then you had, like you said, we had the Sectors, He-Man, uh, Thundercats. Um, they would, they were of similar um, comparable sizes, so we would use them together. But then, mm-hmm. like, you'd also have bigger guys. Like, I would use my Crystar, okay. which was weird because, like, Warbo and and Magma Man mm-hmm. and and Feldspar were like GI Joe sized. Yeah. But then uh you know Kristar the main guy he was taller like he was big. Uh <laughs> which I guess that's how you become the hero. But but it was okay because Warbo was the same size as Gungho. It's yeah. just Kristar's the big dude. So that worked. <laughs> um what was fan what I loved is when we finally got superpowers and secret wars. Mm-hmm. We finally got the Marvel and DC guys. You know, we had them in Mego, but nobody liked Migos. Uh, um, but they were the same. They were the same size. And then you had the Tower of Doom and, and the Hall of Justice, and that was really the next step. Mm-hmm. But it was GI Joe that really got me in. <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about like <clears throat> the two ilks of um, toy collecting that we spoke of in the beginning, and then we wormholed. Um, <laughs> Like the vintage guys that buy toys that were meant to be toys. Like mm-hmm. they were designed for kids. Like even as far as, and we were discussing this, we've discussed this several several times, that like the Toy Biz X-Men line yeah. of the 90s, which was fantastic because it was mm-hmm. the first time you got, like there were times when those would come out and I'd be like, I don't know who that is. I have to go yeah. look it up. Like they really put some obscure characters out there, which was amazing. <clears throat> and that all kind of changed in mid nineties when McFarlane put out the six inch spawn guys. Then he changed, changed our standard size, mm -hmm. which went from three and three quarter inch to five inch, you know, and then, and then, so that sort of was the first time collectors were going to Toys R Us to buy collector figures. They weren't toys. They were 
And, and McFarland originally, they, they were more statue because if you moved them, they'd shatter. Um, I think I think that came later. I remember when McFarland stuff first started started popping up, and he really yeah, that first spawn my... was toy. He only had the five points of articulation in that. Yeah, weird. Because, and they were made of they, like they were made of decent plastic. I think he was he was following uh, what he had seen before with with like the toy biz stuff. But but he wanted to have because uh, some of their stuff would not quite look accurate. Some stuff would not quite match up, or you'd have characters that were just completely out of scale. Not not that he fixed a problem immediately, but I remember his his work. One of the one of the big things that myself and my buddies would would kind of scream about was, oh my God, it looks just like the comic version. And he really played up the whole idea of variance and variations to yes. an existing figure. Does everyone want like you got your spawn and you then got you his gold spawn. Yeah, you 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 wanted to find gold spawn. You wanted hamburger head spawn because that didn't show up <laughs> yeah. all the time. I didn't see the appeal. Honestly, like I I understood why it was sought after. It just was not for me. It's like, now put your mask on. Mm-hmm. But I, right. I, I'm, a, I also prefer masks. If you sell me a masked character and a, a masked anthropomorphized, we've got yep. nine. You're seeing that? Wow. This, you know what? This is, this is going a little, uh, little, little better than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> a little quicker than we thought. So uh, which, which side you've, cause it's hard now to find good, like well-made, toys like mm-hmm. so, so the collector's market has gotten so huge mm-hmm. and uh loyal listener uh when you uh have chance and tom will go over how to best give us some feedback about the show uh like let us know like how many of you guys are vintage like actual toy collectors that were designed to be toys and how many of you are uh collector of collector toys adult toys and i don't mean that in the uh <laughs> honeymoon sense <laughs> i don't want to hear about that i don't want to hear about that um but uh so you know which which way do you lean tom um you know i'm there are certain older figures that i do that i do love uh that i always want to keep my hands on like the uh the playmates kind of hit my kind of hit the sweet spot i feel mm-hmm. especially you know, or the early, the late 80s, early 90s Playmate figures, looking at uh, the, I remember being so bummed out because I, I jumped on the Ninja Turtles train early when it came to the comics, late when it came to the toys. Like I got, I, I loved the original Mirage comics and then the, 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 the cartoon hit and I loved those first couple episodes and then the toy started popping up and I remember getting, being able to get my hands on everyone except Donatello. Mm-hmm. But then the com- like commercials for new ones already hit. So characters like Slash, Slash is my my end all be all for Ninja Turtles. My absolute favorite character. Uh, a, a it's crazy to me that it's now technically a vintage figure because mm-hmm. I remember yep. just like it was yesterday seeing the commercial for Slash, the evil Ninja Turtle from Dimension X, who hated pizza. <laughs> I like pizza. your commercial voice. <laughs> it was so cool. And Triceraton was secondary, even though like I love the Triceratons and the Mirage uh, 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 comics. Getting him like immediately, seeing the commercial, going to Play World, picking him up, that is that I love. However, as I got older, and see, like, I, I remember constantly looking at toys and thinking, how could this have been better? Like, even though I love what I got, I love what I've gotten in my hand, there's ways to improve. And you would see this with, like, different toy lines you collected. So something like, something simple as, like, He-Man. 
uh, I love the I love the the action features. I love the the the, the waist swivel and punch. Uh, the legs were yeah. I hadn't seen other figures do stuff that He-Man had done. But then Sectors came out, and we're looking at ball and socket joints. And I remember popping the arms off of mine, hoping it wouldn't break, and just <laughs> looking at it, and then wondering why isn't He-Man using this method of articulation? Because you could get them in so many different but then the few gi joes that i had you had the, the the bend at the elbow you had the bend at the knee and sectors had the bend at the knee but not at the elbow and i was like why is is there i'm thinking that there's a shadowy council somewhere that decides <laughs> who gets what articulation i'm like the how Illuminati. come we can't yeah it's like why can't we share the joint but that was always my my thought process was i wanted the i wanted toys i had like all the articulation all the all the updated mm -hmm. looks i wanted when, then they when... went too far with the articulation. That's something that's for another show <laughs> talking about yes, what is the right amount of articulation because sometimes I don't I don't need their it, toes to bend because they don't stand up very well. Toy but, Biz uh, was the Toy Biz was the monkey's paw of collectors wanting articulation. Yeah, they got yeah, it. Boy, did they yeah, get it? They got too much. And so that that'll be one of our topics on one of our shows, as opposed to today us just kind of introducing everything i i lean more towards the the vintage like the toys as you know mm -hmm. up until you know mid pandemic when we couldn't go to our favorite flea markets all the time and mm -hmm. and things like that and then it sort of changed to the newer the newer stuff but we have two spots that tom and i frequent uh and i'm going to shamelessly plug them now <laughs> uh time warp collectibles in lake grove here on the island and uh milo collectibles in oakdale they uh so one has like all of the like if they've got all of the new um marvel legends on you know mint in box as well as if you want to be a little bit uh more economic you can get them in the bags and you know they've got all kinds of they've got a lot of vintage stuff as well but they also carry the new stuff that's coming off the shelf the classifieds and all and then milo is almost all vintage stuff and he gets in stuff all the time so um a lot of my collection is, you know, pre 2000, you know, from 1970 to, you know, 2000 and then, you know, some of the new stuff, but I tend to lean towards more, you know, with the economic changes and what happened during the pandemic, but pre pandemic much more so vintage than the new stuff. Cause it's just, it's just, I like the nostalgia of it and I like that they're played with. I like buying them used. I like seeing toys that have been taken out of the box and played with, and you can see the scuff marks or like you can see like, uh, oh yeah, Black Star's got a black eye, literally a black mark because uh, what's his name has black gloves. He got punched pretty good. That kid, that kid did a good job. I I kind of like that. I like the ones that I that I know have a story. They have a history. They've been played with. Like I want to see Andy written on the foot of the vintage <laughs> toy that I buy. So we are down to uh, just a couple of minutes, Tom. So I want, I really do want this to be something that people can relate to and feel like they're joining the conversation because I think our mm -hmm. style is just conversational yeah. and I really want people to be able to join the conversation and share, you know, what was the toy that got them in and, and, and do they lean more towards the vintage stuff or the really cool stuff that's coming out now? So Tom, do you want to review again where they could find us and, and comment? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, ch chime in, let us know where you land. Dana is, is more of a vintage toy collector appreciator of the original 
the original art of, of vintage toys. Uh, I also appreciate them, but I kind of lean a little bit more towards the more recent stuff because I am a articulation snob and I like the, 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 the advancements that we've made. And I like seeing how it's applied to the to, uh, uh, figures that we used to have, but reimagined in, in the current schemes. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can you can actually at us at two guys talking toys. That is the number two guys talking toys. No Talk G in, in the talking. Talk yeah, uh, that would be our Twitter handle. Uh, I'm currently working on a YouTube channel, which will also be just two guys talking toys. The number two. Uh, if you're shy, you know what to yell at us on Twitter. But if you're you're comfortable writing a dissertation through through Gmail. Uh, we should like dissertations. At, we will grade yeah. it and send it back to you. Yep, you'll get red marks. We'll uh, we'll mark it up for you. We'll leave some comments on it. Uh, hit us up at uh, two guys talking toys at gmail.com. If we can, if I can figure out how to make a Discord server work, that'll be our handle as well. Please don't uh, say hit us up again. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to. No, I don't need to be hit up. You don't, you don't want to. You don't want them sliding into our DMs. No, don't <laughs> yeah. drop a line. Like, <laughs> drop a drop a line. Old school. Hey man, drop me a line. <laughs> don't hit pick, me up. Pick up the phone. Right, hit that. <laughs> hit that rotary, rotary phone. dial. Me rotary <laughs> dial. <laughs> don't hit. Don't hit. Use your words. <laughs> yes. Use your words. Nice words, preferably, but. Yeah, and if you're mean, if you have a mean spirit, go ahead and be a mean spirit. We'll we'll ignore you properly. We'll call All you right. out and go to war with you constantly on Twitter. It'll never end. It'll be a flame war that never ends. Um, well, that is uh, bringing us to a wrap here on Two Guys Talking Toys. Or, you know, if you're not listening, that's just Tom and I having a nice conversation. <laughs> but, uh, Tom, we, we, when, when are we going to, every when are we going to have a new episode up? Let's let's shoot for uh, once a week. Um, yeah. If I can, if I can get these up on say a, a Sunday or a Monday, that'd be ideal. Cool beans. All right. Well, uh, loyal listeners, I hope you enjoy the rest of your life. If you never listen to us again, and if you do listen to us again, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>